This is Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn practical strategies to drive consistent and predictable growth. In this episode, I got to chat with Gitano Dinardi to talk about why he thinks more companies should mostly focus on leading metrics and then lagging metrics like pipeline and revenue and not get too hung up on studying or tracking the in-between. You'll learn how some marketers waste time tracking when they should be focused on giving visitors a better website experience, how you can better understand your website visitors and their intentions, the problem with trying to optimize every single page for growth, and how people misread metrics like bounce rate, and a ton more. This was a really interesting conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Gitano, this has been an interview I've been excited about for probably a year now. I think about like last April, I came in and took over the podcast. Um, I'd been tracking your work for a while. I told you all this off mic, but I'm saying it for the listeners. Um, and yeah, I think I pitched you in September. I was like, let me get a couple interviews under my belt before I talk to this guy. Uh, and then you were at, or at the time you're now consulting. Um, and so we, we finally made it happen, man. I'm really excited to chat with you. Thanks for coming on. No, I appreciate you having me. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a cool interview with some juicy questions and topics. So thanks again. All right. Love it. Um, and yeah, for the people who, for like the 10 people listening or on LinkedIn who have not seen your avatar before, can you like break down who you are and what you do? Who's Gitano? Yeah. Yeah. So basically I was in house as a B2B growth marketer for many years at various types of tech companies working in industries like identity theft protection, voice over IP, CRM. I was the VP of marketing at Sales Hacker that led them to an acquisition by outreach. And so I've been in the game for a bit, um, got a lot of interesting experiences under my belt, work with some great people, some great companies, cool teams. I've been posting on LinkedIn every week for about five years straight now. Oh, yeah. Before it was so popular. I, yeah, before it was popular. I committed to it because I realized that I had to commit to something to build myself up a little. And I think the choices were podcast, start blogging, of course, LinkedIn, social, and there were maybe some other ideas too, like a YouTube channel. But I realized that I have a good writing style and I'm great at synthesizing what's happening in day-to-day life in marketing and just putting that into a nice, concisely uh, crafted LinkedIn post. And so I just decided to start going all in on LinkedIn five years ago and the benefits have paid off tremendously. I've met tons of great people. This, this podcast interview wouldn't have came to be without that either. Um, so definitely thankful for the ride and it's been fun. So thanks again for making this happen. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so excited to chat with you. So this is going to be a little bit of a different one. We're going to kind of have like an open dialogue. Um, Gitano's fun to chat with about like philosophy around marketing. We're going to talk a couple ideas here versus like a specific framework or something. Um, so I asked him, I found a couple posts that I thought were really interesting and I'm going to ask him to riff on his thoughts on them. So, um, so yeah, we're going to talk about a couple things. One, one of the first ones is, you had a recent post about this idea, I guess, inspired like somewhat recently. You had two posts. One one was saying, hey, I think things are getting out of control. Like leading indicators are getting crapped on effectively. Like everyone's like 
crapping on leading indicators and making them like these horrible metrics. And it's people are acting like anything that's not revenue or pipeline is like worthless or like a vanity metric to track. So you add that, that you said, and then you recently said, I'm getting to this point where I'm wondering if maybe like the only things we should be tracking is like leading indicators and pipeline revenue. So what is your like current, like your kind of like state of marketing 2023 like what are you thinking when you about leading indicators what what led to these thoughts and what's going behind those posts <laughs> thanks for the great opener that's that's solid right there so um <laughs> i was uh i'm not going to mention the company but um i was the basically head of demand generation at this tech company and they hired a VP of marketing, a S or a SVP of marketing, very senior person, extremely senior person, 15 plus years worked at very big companies, you know, thousands of employees, right? Very large marketing, corporate enterprise marketing. And I remember I had to start reporting to this new SVP. And week went by, month went by, two months went by, three months went by, four or five months went by. And the topics of discussions never changed. Every week it was minutia about data and spreadsheets and, oh, we don't have this data correct. And, oh, this is this doesn't look good. And, oh, we need this data point. And, oh, I don't think the data's right. And it just became a hurricane of chaos. It, it became a hurricane of chaos. It became over obsession around micro things that just didn't matter. Mm. And I, I zoomed out from this picture and I just thought to myself, has, any, has this SVP done anything to improve the business since the day that person has been here? And the answer is no. The answer is that that person has made things worse. That person does not understand customers. That person does not listen to calls. That person talks to sales, but about that shit, doesn't talk to sales about what's happening in the market and how prospects are responding to marketing messages. That person is talking to sales about why the data is all messed up arguing about semantics, pipeline stages, this, that. And so I just zoomed out from this whole picture for a moment and realized this is spreadsheet wars and I don't want any part of this. And I also realized this SVP does not even understand anything about the types of traffic that we're driving. How are we getting this traffic? What's being spent to get this traffic? What are the landing pages that the traffic is going to? How do the landing pages perform? How do the users that go to these pages interact with the message? This is marketing. That's the fundamental, most important thing. So what a disconnect we have where we have an SVP of marketing 
perched up on their throne like a gargoyle, <laughs> you know, overlooking everything, but not doing anything. Not doing anything. Yeah. And I've seen this over and over again in my experience consulting and talking to other marketers and living and breathing it firsthand. And so with all that being said, I realized at that moment working with that SVP that I will never become the hurricane of chaos SVP. I will always be the person that is the closest to the voice of the customer that understands leading indicators like engagement, traffic, because without that, you get nothing. Right. The problem that I see is so much minutia and this and that and like over obsession over the back end metrics, but absolutely zero, zero understanding of the front end of the equation. And so mm. I'll pause there and let you react. Yeah. So I, I want to know, like, we agree with you, obviously, this is something we, we write about all the time. I, I write about this in our newsletter. You know, we try and like shout this from the rooftops on social and stuff. Um, we actually, you'll appreciate this. I was chatting with uh, Rand Fishkin and actually Tim Sulo too. It's funny, both, both SEO, you know, guys are, I guess Rand is ex-SEO. Um, but both of them were saying that that's like, they both have come to rely more and more on like the leading metrics are simply valuable indicators that your message is being consumed. And if you're doing your target right, targeting right, it's being consumed by the right people. And if you believe in what you're putting out and you were thoughtful about your approach and you did your homework or did your customer research, then you know that they're consuming the right message, right? So like, if you know your customer, then you, then you can make messaging that you know will resonate with them. And then these indicators you're talking about, where traffic's coming from, engagement rates that people are listening to it, you know, downloads for the podcast, whatever, um, are like metrics that the message is going out there and in some way, shape or form being consumed. Um, and then like, kind of, there's this like mess of like attribution in the middle. And then at the end is like, are we growing? You know? Yeah. And so like Tim's take was actually so far as like, you know, as long as like signups and revenue are going up into the right, you know, we're going to like, we're going to keep experimenting and, and doing these things that we want to do. So what, what do you think it is about the, um, how would you describe like the middle, like you, like you're articulating, like, I think we should track leading indicators and then pipeline and revenue. What is it about the middle that just like, you feel like is a waste of time? Not because I disagree with you, but just to dig in for listeners, like what, what is it that this SVP was squabbling over? Like, what are these things that you feel like just get lost in the middle that are just not worth focusing on or stressing over? Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. So have you ever heard a CFO or like a, not even a CFO, like a VP of sales? Have you ever heard a VP of sales ask this question? And the question is this, Hey, marketing, what's our game plan for top of funnel? How do, how do we get more top of funnel? We need more top of funnel. Have, yeah. have you ever heard that before? What, what do you think okay. it means? What, what do you think that means? Uh, I like mean, if, that, if, that, if that question was posed to you, if you were the VP of marketing 
and yeah. your VP of sales counterpart came to you and said, Hey, we need more top of funnel. We're really light on top of funnel. Like it's, what would that mean to you? I would think that they're asking for like MQLs or like people to fill out the lead form. And like, they, they need more people that they can try and like call and work through like kind of shove through the, the funnel. Precisely. So I've heard that question a lot. And my response is always the same. It's why does sales care about top of funnel? Can you answer me that? Why would sales care about top of funnel? You want to talk to uninterested people? How are you being measured in sales? By, by talking? No. Do sales reps get commission from trying to do discovery with uninterested, non-solution, out-of-market people? No. So why are you asking me about top of funnel? Right. That, that is the squabble from the Hurricane of Chaos SVP. That is the squabble. Okay. And that's why I loved my experience working in D2C marketing, direct to consumer, because there are no sales teams. Marketing has to sell on the website, on the website. So you don't have those conversations in D2C marketing. Right. You know what conversations you have in D2C marketing? How do we improve our checkout? How do we optimize our checkout flow better at step four of the process where we ask for this piece of information? We're seeing a steep dropout. How do we fix that? You know, it's the, it's, so it's much more exciting. Yeah. It's much more exciting. You don't, you don't have to answer. How do we get more top of funnel? We don't, you don't have to answer. How do we track top of funnel? You don't have to answer that. So I'll pause there. I'll let you react. Hey, just a quick interruption. In past episodes, you've heard guests give advice like... The first step is just like actually measuring and monitoring, right? Which sounds very fundamental, but a lot of companies don't even do that, right? If you ask for like, hey, do you have a monthly kind of report of like what's happening in the funnel? It's like, oh, well, we have this over here and we have this over here and we have the traffic data and GA. So the first thing I think is like build out, you know, a presentation uh, that you're updating every single month. Or it's way easier if you have all this stuff being centralized somewhere and can look at it. And I promise that's completely unprompted. We try to book smart B2B leaders and learn how they're driving more predictable growth. And they end up sharing advice like that. And Databox makes it easy to do all of that and more. You can track your marketing, sales, revenue, and CS performance all in one place. It lets you build custom dashboards and view metrics from over 80 tools side by side. You can schedule PDF reports that automatically update your data in real time and send to your team or your clients. You can even set up custom Slack alerts that alert you when you hit your goals or when numbers spike or dip. If you want to try it totally free, just go to databox.com or click the link in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, so, so this effectively like is the situation you're alluding to is where in a lot of B2B companies, they want marketing to drive top of funnel and then their whole focus or effort 
is like analysis paralysis. They're in the spreadsheets, they're in the metrics tools, and they're trying to tie like they're trying to tie like a unique prospect or record or deal or something from like the very beginning to the very end and show how it all fits together. And that's why there's like a relentless folk, like spending sounds like what you're describing is spending more time, um, making sure that all these, the data and all these various tools syncs up and that like everything is accurate, like almost like, uh, almost what it sounds like a marketing ops function would be, but like spending everything there where like in your mind, it's like, what do we have to do? We have to drive people. We have to like creator capture demand. I don't know if you subscribe to this, right? But creator capture demand, bring them to the website. The website, this is like an idea I've been riffing on, serves as like an async salesperson. Like, Like you view the website as like every question a prospect would possibly have you try and answer on the website and make it as easy to find answers to questions, learn what they need to learn, evaluate the product so that when they come in, they're coming in with super high intent. And then all marketing really cares about is like, yeah, all of our offsite activity is driving high intent users to this async sales tool called the website. And then we're seeing pipeline revenue increase. So you want to focus on like, how do we get people to the website, creator capture demand, whatever you want to call it, like however you want to divide your strategy. And then and then I want to see like the pipeline of revenue and sales should just be talking to high intent prospects. But instead you see that too many of these organizations get like, like stuck in the middle where like, they just want to figure out like, wait, where did this deal come from? And like, is the attribution tag correctly? And like, how do we measure everything perfectly? Is that right? Yes. And <clears throat> I will give you um, something tactical that I've actually been recommending this to a lot of B2B companies that I'm working with and they love it. They're, they're loving it. And this is one of the, I think one of the greatest things you can do to improve any website experience. Um, what I've found in B2B is that, and I, and I wrote about this recently as well in, in terms of converting website traffic, most websites no matter how good you think they are inside your little bubble are not good enough to give prospects and website explorers, information explorers, what they want. There's just too much confusing language, too many uh, drop-down menu options, all kinds of pages all over the place. Like it's just, you start from the homepage and you just click around and it's like, yeah, I kind of get it. But most B2B marketing is they're setting up their websites to be high level brochures and they're designed to not really give you what you want, but they're designed to just make you talk to sales. Right. They're designed as a brochure. You can't do that in direct to consumer marketing. So one of the things that I'll put I'll post I'll post it in the uh, chat here so you can just see it. Um, we did a, a a master FAQ, master FAQ page uh, when I was working in direct to consumer marketing, uh, Aura.com, identity theft protection, a master FAQ page linked directly from the main website navigation, with all kinds of questions that we hear coming up over and over again on sales calls. 
that we understand from doing market research about not just the products and services that we offer, but also questions pertaining to identity theft, financial fraud, online security, password managers, antivirus, um, parental controls, right? All that kind of stuff. There's a lot of questions in these buckets out there. And the better you can answer them, the better off you're going to convert. And this is like a like a 12 minute time on page engagement, right? So going back to the leading indicator thing, not many people convert on this FAQ page. In the eyes of that SVP, the hurricane of chaos, the FAQ page is a failure. It doesn't get any, it doesn't get anything. It just gets people read it. What does that mean? And in the eyes of that person, the FAQ is a failure. Incorrect. Incorrect because nobody, very few people, go and read some great content and convert right there. Right. It just doesn't really happen in B2B. I'm working with a firewall monitoring solution right now. How long do you think their sales cycles are? Like 10 months. Yeah. Almost a year. Like almost a year. So do you know how many times you need to see a marketing message before you before you become a customer and what in some of these industries? You know how many times you got to see a brand? You know how many times you got to visit their website and content and read? You know how many other people in the so-called buying committee also need to see that? You you think, you, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll pause and let you, let you jump in. Yeah, so this is more like... Um... I mean, I completely agree with, with what you're laying out here. Like, I feel like this is what you're describing, I think is like the criticism or the failing of B2B companies is what happens when you don't think about growth holistically. Like when you don't think about like, okay, think about how you buy. Right. And I mean, that can go bad. Right. Cause you, you have to like, still like learn you're your customers unique, whatever. But when you think about generally how you buy, it's very, very rare. If you know exactly what you want, sometimes you go to a homepage and the hero title is like, this is the thing you want. And you're like, great, sign up or like, try it, right? Sometimes that happens. But for the most part, even when you think you want something or it dis- or like it confirms you found what you were looking for, like I want the, you know, I want a widget to help me ABC, like right at, at my company. And then you land on the website and it's like, this is a widget that helps you ABC. You're like, oh, great. You still want to know, like, generally, like your one of your first moves is usually like, how does it work? Like, what does it look like on the inside? Is it simple and easy to use? I, I want to see some visualizations of, does it look intuitive enough and easy to use? Okay, how does it work? Okay, great. Does it have these two features I'm, I came with in my mind? You know, can I easily find that it's got these two sort of features in my mind? Okay, how much does it cost? Um, and then what I like, you know, what you're describing then is like, right, and then can it blank or does it blank like any of the other questions that they're going to have stored under one place, right? Where they can easily navigate and find. And I think if, if management or if leadership is looking at like anything you do or put out has to convert or is supposed to play the role of converting, it's too linear or it's too like one-sided. There's not like a, a view that like, different pages are meant to play different parts of the journey. Like an FAQ page, right. Is like, or, or, or a use case page is like, um, just meant to describe that it can serve this one thing. Will it convert? Can you increase conversion on it? Maybe, 
but maybe the next logical step they want to take is like exploring another use case or something. So yeah, I completely, completely like uh, agree with what, with what you're laying out. And th this is, this is great. Let, let's riff on this a little more. What do you think happens when a so-called, I don't even know what to call it, a uh, website optimization strategist says, hmm, we're, traffic is going up and you know we're seeing a lot of engagement on the site, but these pages, they're not getting any conversions. Like the FAQ page, you said, could we improve conversions from the FAQ page? Maybe. And what, what this does is it sends marketers down these really wacky, wild rabbit holes and they try and come and they try and come up with all these wacky ideas. And maybe you'll even have a team brainstorming session on how to get more conversions out of the FAQ page, right? And people will start throwing out all sorts of wacky, wild ideas like, yeah, let's do some more pop-ups. Or yeah, we need a website personalization software because we have a lot of different kinds of personas coming to the site for different use cases. And the reason why we're not converting them is because they're not seeing a relevant message, right? And all these other ideas, let's try chatbots. We need to engage the traffic more or let's put inline CTA banners or, you know, I can go on and on and on and on about right. all these wacky ideas, but what are they failing to accept? They're failing to accept the fact that they're not there to convert. And no matter what you do, you're only going to get a very, very marginal improvement, if at all, because they're not going to those pages to convert. They're going there to learn. They're going there right. to explore. So all those questions you had just now about like, does it integrate with this? Can it do that? What else can it do? But you know, all this stuff, like, I don't need to talk to sales just to find out that one question. You know, I should be able to figure that out through marketing education on the website. Yep. <laughs> and so um, no matter what kind of conversion optimization you want to try and run on some of these pages, it's just going to be pointless. And the final point is so many of these B2B companies get such low traffic you're not, it's going to take you forever to get to a result. Let's, yeah, let's test it. Let's A-B test it. <laughs> yeah, you know how many times I heard that and just roll my eyes? I'm like, yeah, why? It's going to take you six months to get to a thousand visits. Are you planning on supplementing this page with paid traffic with high intent? Right? It doesn't make right, sense which is to do it. skew the results, yeah. Yeah. So why don't you just focus on doing those things on pages that get high intent, such as if you are bidding on bottom of the funnel terms in paid search, or you have a very high intent traffic stream coming from affiliate referrals, or the pricing page, the offer is the thing that can move the needle the most. It's the offer. A lot of times it's the offer. You can be bidding on sales management software. You have no idea what someone wants when they search that. Yeah. It can be a pipeline management, CRM. 
It could be fucking drift. It could be gone. I mean, you, you just have no idea what that means anymore. The convergence of SaaS has made this so tough. So yeah, try all the tricks you want. If you don't figure out what people want when they're looking at a certain page, if you, this is back to the leading indicator versus predictability bullshit. If you don't understand the traffic, it's never going to work. Yeah. It's never going to work. You're just going to be wasting time. You're going to be wasting time, salaries, meetings, tools, money, completely wasted, no result, no, no outcomes. I've seen this over and over and over and over again. I could apply the same problem to things like email automation, nurturing. I can apply this to so many different areas of go to market. It's there. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, I know you got to run in five. So let me wrap it up with this one. Uh, oh man, I'm just going to take it one way, but I want to stay on this track. Okay. Let's, let's stay on this track. Are you, what are, if someone were to ask you, like someone listening to this podcast now and is thinking, okay, if I were to summarize, I would say focus on leading indicators and, and then lagging indicators of pipeline and revenue and leading indicators. You said it in the beginning and you said it again now, so I'm going to hone in on it. You said that means knowing your traffic. Who are they? Where are they coming from? What do they want? Are they finding what they need on the website? What are some tenants? Like, do you have just like, you don't have to go deep, but can you end with like any insight for listeners on how they can better understand their the traffic coming to their website and better serve that traffic, like similarly to how a B2C company would. Besides like these core tenant things, what's a way to know, like you said, like they could be looking for anything. How do you find out whether they're looking for Gong or your tool and how do you help them weed that out? And so, I mean, is that effectively what you're saying? And that then like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be sad if your bounce rate is, seems high because maybe you're just getting rid of bad fit people early. Like maybe they wanted gong and it's not bad that they bounced. Do you know what I mean? So how, how can people better know what are some tips that people can better know traffic as it's coming to the website? Great question. Let's, let's just freestyle on this for a moment. Bounce rate. Let's say you have a page. See, you have to understand what page is it that has the bounce rate. Okay. Let's say you have a, guide to sales management, the, the definitive guide to sales management. Because you read Backlinko. <laughs> or Pipedrive, because <laughs> I created that when I was at Pipedrive. Okay, yeah. Or, or back, Backlinko, yeah, the definitive, the ultimate, yeah, the best, yeah. yeah, whatever. So let's say you have the ultimate guide to sales management. Let's say the bounce rate is 97%. Hey, SVP, the bounce rate on this page is 97%. Do you think it's a good page or a bad page? Oh, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. 97% bounce rate. How many conversions does it have? None. Oh, content team sucks. It's a complete waste of time. I challenge back at that. What's the most important metric that's going to illuminate this full story? Time on page. Time on page. 12-minute time on page, but 97% bounce rate? Who cares? 
they spent 12 minutes reading this. And they spent 12 minutes reading this. If they left, that means they got what they needed. They got the information they needed. They're not going anywhere else because they don't really need to go anywhere else at this time. There's nowhere else to go right now. If they want to go look at pricing, they can. It's right there at the top of the nav bar. There's nothing special you can do to magically make this page get more revenue for your business. Yeah, unless you put some special offer there or something. Maybe even that won't work. Um, What else did you ask, Jeremiah? I think that was only part of the answer. Yeah, no. So just like any, so that was one, yeah. Uh, Cues to better know the traffic and how they're behaving and interpret that on your site. Okay, got it. So you need to look at everything kind of together. You need to understand what kind of page is it? Is it a resource page? Is it a comparison page? Is it getting paid traffic or organic traffic? What is the purpose of the page? That has to also, that is important context for you to understand how the page should be performing. The next thing you could do or should do is live chat. I'm not, I don't really subscribe to the whole bot thing anymore. That was a nice gimmick a few years ago. And I think it really has been um, shifting closer to live chat because the chat transcripts are one of the best ways to understand quality of traffic going to a page. Mm. If they're, if they're interacting with a live agent and you collect that data over time, well, yeah, now you can start doing real trend analysis on a page level basis or a category of pages together. All slash products pages have these things that are coming up in the transcripts over and over again. That's how you start to understand heat mapping software like Hotjar. Where do the clicks go? Where does where is there a lot of mouse movement? Where are people skipping? Um, session recordings, watching user sessions in real time. That listening to sales calls from conversions that happen on specific pages. You see, these are all the things you need to be putting together to see the whole puzzle, to see the full picture. You think that hurricane of chaos, SVP, XIBM, you think they're doing any of that? Fuck no. (laughs) They're doing zero zero of that. And so um, I think that's the point. How far are you willing to go as a marketer to understand customers, traffic, and behavior? Yeah. Once you get all that, the rest just kind of falls into place. Leave the data ops people to obsess over pipeline metrics. Who cares? As a marketer, that should not be your top concern. Complaining about data, complaining about CRM stages, complaining about pipeline stages, that should not be your concern. You should be focusing on what you can control, which is understanding customers and giving them the website experience that they need to get the information they need to convert. That's what it's about. Yeah, completely agree with you. Um, I'll end on this. I feel like what you're describing makes me, I've had this recurring thought over the past few weeks that um, I often think a lot of companies treat website visitors, think of them like sheep. 
like, oh, these are just like a bunch of sheep coming to the website and let's like manipulate their movement. You know, like let's sneakily get them to click this button they didn't mean to click or like not leave before subscribing and whatever. And it's like the number of times I've been on web and they may not think they're doing that, but the website's reflect that. Like when you get hit with like a bunch of stuff or it's trying to guide you or like, you know, again, I'm not again, I'm not for or against any of these tools. These are just tools. But like when you can see when a website's trying to like desperately get you to take action somewhere and you're like, there's no way in the world I'm going to take action here. Like this isn't what I'm here to do. And I think there is this part where you have to let it go and just say like, yeah, people are smart. Like they're not sheep. Like you don't need to herd them from this blog post or this FAQ page or like this use case page over to the sign up thing. Like who doesn't know to find like as long as your website is like UI UX 101 and there's like a sign up or like book a call button in the nav menu. Who does not know to go to the nav menu to find that stuff, right? Or like who does not know to go to the nav menu for pricing when they when they decide they want to to move forward. And so I agree with you. I think that's how, that's how I describe the problem. I think a lot of people think of them like sheep when they ironically are using websites, they don't behave that way. Like they don't opt into any of the crap, but then they come to work and they're like, let's put this and this and this and this to try and to try and get this stuff. And I think where leading metrics get a bad rap is they're just trying to show like, you know, number of like email addresses collected, like stuff that doesn't tie to pipeline where I think when you use it, you're talking about Let's just get early signals that the right traffic is coming. They're finding the information they want, whether they sign up on the page or not. And we know that ultimately good things are going to come. So we're going to track pipeline of revenue. Very, very, very well said, my friend. Very well said. Um, I don't even know if I have anything to say back to that because that was such a well-pointed conclusion. From you, man. (laughs) <laughs> that, that was that, yeah. That was a very well pointed conclusion. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else to say back to that. I think you very nicely put a bow on it and um, yeah, tied it all together. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, look, tell people this. Where do you want them if they want to work with you? You so you. I don't know if you said this in the beginning. I forget, but you uh, can be hired. You might be at your max right now, but Jitano can be hired if your company needs a, a growth consultant. Where do you want people to kind of follow along with your thoughts or like if they're interested in hiring you, reach out? Yeah, that's a good good plug. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, no worries. <laughs> so LinkedIn, you can't connect with me because I <laughs> I require people to know my email because I get I get too much spam. So I, I guess you could hit me up on LinkedIn, try and send me an email or you kind of counterintuitive, you know, you want people to connect you for business opportunities <laughs> yet. You can, I know it's kind of funny, um, but super you could, exclusive. Yeah. You could just um, go to my Twitter. So um, okay. it's at Gatano underscore NYC. Okay, cool. We'll link yeah. to it in the show notes too. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, that that's it. Yeah. So <laughs> I ain't got too much else to, to share for today. I think I did enough ranting, but this is a fun convo and you definitely asked some very thought provoking questions. You you got a good rise out of me. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> th- th- thanks. Thanks for, for the interview. 100%. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Peace. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.